service that we've had a lord and you've never failed us a lord god you've never missed one appointment of god there's never been one time a lord you've not met our needs of god there's never been one time lord you've come just to be a spectator but lord whenever you came a lord in every service lord you moved in a special way a lord and you spoke to every heart a lord god and father once again we've come this evening this errand lord to hear from you a lord you speak to us once again lord the Father, you take the speaker out of the way, Lord, to hear his out of the way, Lord. And Father, you minister to us souls, O Lord. Father, we thank you for your presence here, O Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. We thank you that you are true, O Lord. Lord, we thank you that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, O God. Father, we know, Lord, if we ever come into your presence, O Lord God, something happens, O Lord. And we never live the same way. And Father, Lord, this evening we believe once again we've come to your presence, O Father. Lord, we don't desire to live the same way, O God. Father, we can recall one time, O Lord, when Moses came into your presence, Father. Lord, he never left the same, Lord. One time when Jacob came into your presence, Lord, he never left the same. One time, O Lord, God, when Isaiah came into your presence, Lord, he never left the same, O Lord. And Father, you are the same God of the Old Testament, Lord. You are the same God of this New Testament, O Lord. Oh, when, O Lord, our day the disciples gathered together in your presence, they never left the same, O God. And oh, Father, once again, Lord, many years of one boy, O Lord, more than 2,000 years now, Lord. And Father, once again, we're coming and we gathered in your presence, O Father, Lord. And Lord, we ask in the Lord, we also may not live the same this evening, O God, but Lord, that there may be a change, O Lord. There may be a heavenly Father to turn around, to switch, O Lord, God. There may be something, Lord, oh, Father, Lord, who make us more like you, Father, Lord, God. Father, we just want to yield ourselves to you this evening, Lord. We just want to ask that you have your way, O God. Father, may you glorify your name, O Lord, for that's our desire, O Lord God, this evening, Lord, to see you glorified, O Lord God, not a man glorified, Lord. O Lord, we want to see Jesus glorified, O God. Father, we give ourselves to you, Lord, as our Lord. We thank you for the song service. We thank you for the specials, Lord. Father, may you have your way this evening now, O God. May you glorify your name as we ask all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, musicians. Amen. God bless you. Amen. I just want to say God bless you and thank you. Thank you for your prayers as we are away last week in Saskatchewan. I really appreciate your prayers. The Lord Shield was faithful there and 
moved in a special way and, and we thank him for always being faithful, amen. And he also do bring greetings from, from the saints there, from Brother Burton and Brother Billy. They send your greetings to all of you and, and also Brother Kendall and Brother Levi, they all send your greetings and the saints there, they, they sure greet you in the name of the Lord, amen. And we really thank you for your prayers, God bless you and it was good to travel with Brother Dwayne and we had a wonderful travel together, so we thank the Lord for that, amen. 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 We'll take a Bible, say man, and we just want to turn to the book of Luke and the scripture we, we know very well and we've heard preached on many times and, and it's been really interesting. I must have been some couple of weeks ago, um, it was a Wednesday or a Sunday, I don't remember exactly, but it was during a quiet time, I was sitting just there and just had a little time of prayer and was just opening my Bible to, to just read something and, and as I just opened my Bible, it opened to this story, but in the book of Matthew, I think Matthew 26 is where it opened to and I just read a little bit of it and, and something just spoke and said, you, you know, just gave me the title that that's what I have to speak on for the next service. And I, I'll be honest with you, I really didn't want to speak on it. I, I really didn't want to speak on it. I was trying to run away from it. The Lord had laid something else in our heart to speak in Saskatchewan, so we did that. And, but he, he was pretty, um, it was pretty clear that this is what he wanted to speak on the next time we spoke here. And trying to run away from it at the beginning of this week, I, I started making my own notes. I started preparing what I wanted to speak on. And, just kind of had my own thoughts and just putting different things together and, and, and had another title going. And, and as I was putting everything together, the Lord came down again and he said, no, I want you to speak on this. And so he said, well, Lord, we, we will speak on it. And uh, so I just say, you know, bear with us this evening, amen. I, I don't know how the service will go, to be honest with you. I honestly don't know. I was there yesterday just preparing and the Lord was there and he was just, leading us and putting different things in our hearts and man I just want to say I, I really love the body of the Lord I love you all I appreciate you all and and but we just have to do what the Lord tells us to do amen and you want to speak the word away he gives it to us and you want the Lord to have his way amen as I said if if if, if he told me to choose I wouldn't have chose the service Amen. I said give it to brother Andrew give it to brother Ed give it to brother John give it to brother Moses give it to someone else but not me <laughs> Amen. But God, God, God knows what he's doing. Amen. So let's read from the book of Luke. Amen. Luke chapter chapter 7, verse 26. Read all the way to 50. Amen. And we know it very well. And if you read a little bit, I'll let you say it and then we'll finish reading. Amen. From verse 26. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would he would eat with him. And he, he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to me. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when, when she knew that Jesus sat on meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood, in, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the, with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw what he spake within himself, saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who, 
who and what manner of a woman this is that tortured him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. You may have your seat. Amen. And we just continue the reading just a little bit. And there was a certain uh, say on, and he saith, Master, say on. So there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. Uh, the one owed 500 pounds and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore which of them will love him most. Simon answered and said, I suppose, uh, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou givest me no water for my feet. But she had washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Thou gavest me no keys. But this woman since the time I came in had not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou dost not anoint, but this woman had anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which were many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And I said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat and meet with him began to say within themselves, Who is this man that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Amen. The Lord had his blessing to read of the word. Amen. This evening we just want to speak on Mary of Bethany. Mary of Bethany. But Branham would speak in the, in the message, the message paradox. And, and before we start, paradox 1961 spoken in Jeffersonville and before he started speaking he, he started to tell the vision that he had and he would tell two visions, the first vision he would talk about is, is a vision that he had and he was standing to see if he was standing on the, on the, on the, on the map of Palestine and, and he was going down towards Jordan he says and, and he said as he was walking down towards Jordan he said he heard someone was singing the song I am going down to the Jordan and he said when he was about two ways to the Jordan, he looked, he looked across and he said, Oh, praise God, just on the other side is where all the promises lay. Every promise lays in the promised land. And he said, and then he came out of himself. And, and he said, he sat there for a little while. And as he sat there, he said, all of a sudden, he broke into another vision. And, and this is a vision we know very well is the vision of the Mamba. And Brother Branham said, and, and then as I sat there a little, a little bit beside of this chair, then all of a sudden here it come back again. Then I knew then that it was vision. And then when I come into the vision again, it seemed that I was lifted up and sitting on a highway, a narrow highway with some brother. I never knew who the brother was. I looked around and I said, now I am sure and know this is a vision. The Lord God is here. And I said, and it seemed like everybody was afraid. I said, what's everybody so afraid of? And the voice came and said, there is such a danger in these days. 
There is a great hideous thing that's death when it strikes you. And I said, and I heard the weeds a mashing down, and I looked, and here come a huge monster snake crawling through the weeds. So I thought, now, knowing this is a vision, then I, I shall see what this animal or this beast is. And he crawled up on the highway, and I, as soon as I got sight of him, I knew it was a mamba. Now, a mamba is an African snake, which is most deadly bite of all things there is. There's nothing as poisonous as a mamba. And the snake, of course, represents sin, death. And we know that the snake does represent sin and death. We can recall it all the way in the Old Testament with, with Moses when he would lift up the brass serpent, which was mean and sin already judged. And, you know, when the people look on it, um, you know, whatever bite they had of the, of the serpent or that, was, that, was, that was released upon them, they will get healed. Amen. And we know that Brother Branham will take sin and he'll say the sin is unbelief. Amen. Sin is unbelief. And, and he'll bring different attributes to it and we'll get to that. But he'll say sin is unbelief. And we know unbelief is something that fights against faith. Amen. Unbelief fights against faith. And we know faith is a revelation. Amen. Faith is a revelation of what? It's a revelation of the word of God. Amen. As a matter of fact, you said, um, you know, the, the scripture was said, the faith cometh by hearing what? The word of the Lord. Amen. And it's not just about hearing the word of the Lord, but it's having a revelation of that word that we're hearing. Amen. That is what brings faith. Amen. And, you know, Hebrews 4 verse 1 to 2 will say, let us therefore fear lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest any of you should seem to come short of it for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it Amen. So they heard the word back in the days, but you see, it didn't profit them anything because it wasn't mixed with faith. In other words, they had the word, but they had no revelation of that word. And because they had no revelation of that word, it became an intellectual knowledge and it profited them nothing. Amen. So it's not just about hearing the word, but it's about hearing, having a revelation of the word that we hear. And amen. And we know that in this age, by the grace of God, we've had a revelation of the word that we hear. Amen. We've had a prophet messenger come that, you know, God have used to open the word in a special way. Brother, Brother Andrew was speaking on Friday and really enjoyed the service. And, and you know, he, as he was speaking about, you know, the open book has been going through with a witness of the open book. Truly, we can witness that the book has been opened. Amen. And, and we can have a revelation, an understanding of things that, that, you know, other people can have. And how Brother Andrew was illustrating the people take the same Bible and they'll look into it, but they won't have any understanding. But we can take that Bible and because of the message we can have an understanding of that Bible amen amen and we know that when we get to a place where the word and us become so one then we know that we're getting into rapture material amen because it's when the head and the body becomes one they become united together then we know that something is fixing to happen amen and, and the body change is fixing to happen amen but you know what is hindering all this faith what is hindering is the unbelief amen it is sin that is what is hindering it amen and Brother Branham was speaking and, and you know you talk about sin and say unbelief you say you know you're smoking you, you're anger you, you, you 
you're gambling all the things that you don't want to say that is not sin that is just the attribute of sin amen it's because you don't believe that is why those things are happening and if you want to take it all the way back you know we can take an example and I might have an art against brother Michael here and you know have a little bitterness towards him amen and I don't have a little bitterness towards brother Michael here but I know that the word says that oh you know we must forgive one another amen and, and we know that the word of God says that we must love one another amen and, and even though I have a bitterness towards brother Michael but if I can take that word and I can believe that word amen and, and faith that will build on the inside of me and we know the faith as well it, you know faith and love they walk together brother Branham will say the love is the incentive of faith amen and so faith and love are walking together so you know I might have a bitterness towards him but if I can come to a place that I can take what the word says that I should forgive my brother and, and you know I should love my brother and I should endure and all those things and, and that word I start to believe that word and faith start to rise and love start to rise and then my bitterness towards my brother start to fade away amen why because I'm taking the word and I am believing on that word amen but now if I take that same word and, and because I am so wrought with my brother and, and I've come to a place where I'm so tied up with, with what he's done against me I can take that same word that I must love him and take that same word and I must forgive him but because there is so much on the inside or I feel offended or, or I feel hurt or whatever it is I can take that word and but because I am so hurt I, I could just push that word aside and be like but, but what he did was too bad and it's so hard for me now what are we doing what we're doing is we are disbelieving the word in that moment where I am saying my hurt is more than what the word is saying that I should forgive my brother then what I am doing in that moment is I am unbelieving I am disbelieving the word of God and as a matter of fact the attribute of that is the malice that I have the attribute of that is the bitterness that I have towards him why because I saw the word instead of obeying the word I disobey the word I unbelieve the word and as a matter of fact I start to manifest the attributes of unbelief amen we start to manifest the attribute of unbelief. We think in the greatest battle ever fought, Brother Branham will speak and he will say, before we can do wrong, we will have to lay the word aside. Amen. There's no way you're going to do wrong if you don't lay the word of God aside. If you will stay on the word of God, there is no way that you are going to do wrong. Amen. And we know that this great hindrance it's unbelief, amen. And let me say this this evening, this evening, the Spirit of the Lord is not so much talking about mistakes because we make mistakes, amen. We're not so much talking about mistakes this evening. We make mistakes and, and God is gracious and many of the time these mistakes are, are things that we're not willing to do but they happen and, and, and you know, we feel sorry for them and we, we go to the Lord and He forgives us. We're not talking about mistakes this evening but we're talking about sin, we're talking about unbelief. We're talking about a wanting that we know is not supposed to be there, but we're living it there. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the one thing that we know is hindering us to break through that barrier, but we're still having it there. And we're not dealing with it. That's what we're talking about this evening. Amen. It's not about the mistake you made yesterday or the other day. We're talking about a thing that you know that is there. You know that that thing is there and you know that if you don't get rid of it, it is going to hinder you and it's hindering you in your walk with the Lord, but you've left it there. That is what we're talking about this evening. 
Because you have an art against your brother, and, and here I have an art against Brother Mike, and I have a bitterness towards them, and, and the next few minutes I get a text, and, and it says, well, there's something going on in Flagstaff, and they need they need an urgent prayer, and they need us to get in a prayer right away, or someone was in a car crash, or, or someone is sick with cancer, or whatever it is, and, and they need us to go into prayer right away, and, and now we go on knees to pray, and Satan bring back to us um, what the, the art that we have, or the difference that we have with our brother or our sister, and now we can't break through in prayer. I don't know you, but I have been there where you are in prayer and you know you're not breaking through because you know you have an art because the scripture says that before you bring your sacrifice, if you have an art, go make it right before you bring the sacrifice. But many a times we'll come there and we have an art and we won't make it right, but we'll bring the sacrifice expecting God to meet our need. Amen. We're expecting God to meet our need, but we don't want to fix the thing that is not, that is in the way for the need or for something to happen. Amen. Man, I tell the friends, let me say this. This is not about, you know, me being up here and you down here and I'm saying, come up. No, this is for everyone. This is for me. There's a reason why I didn't really want to speak on this. Amen. So I hope you're with me. It's okay if there's not many amens this evening. It's all right. Amen, it's all right, I understand, it's all right. Amen, but, but we just want to bring the word of the Lord, amen, this evening. Amen, amen. that's what is laid on our hand and that's what we want to bring, amen. And I just ask you to stay with us for just a little while, amen. So Brother Branham will talk about this vision and, and, and as the vision will come, as he said, you know, the serpent is representing sin. And, and now as he's in this vision, you know, another voice will come to him and he will say to him, you can bind that man. Amen. He says, you can bind that man. And so Brother Branham will say, and in a message you say, so I cried out to the Lord and, and said, well, God, what must I do? And he, and he said, the voice said again, there is one thing that you must do. You must be more sincere. See, you must be more sincere. I said, well, God, forgive me for my own sincerity and let me have sincerity. Now, friends, there's only one person, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, I think the, only, the, other, the other person who was most sincere on this, on the, in, this, in this generation, in this last age, was Brother Brown. Outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, the next person I see that was the most sincere person is Brother Branham. Amen. But now I want you to notice what the voice said. The voice didn't say, be sincere. The voice said, be more sincere. So it wasn't that Brother Branham wasn't sincere. The voice was saying, I need you to be more than what you are now. Amen. Be more sincere. So this evening is not saying that you're not sincere and, you know, the work that you've had in your life, you haven't been sincere. No, that's not what he's saying this evening. But what he's saying is be more sincere. Amen. It's not here to condemn us and, and, and to cast us down. But, but what he's saying, God is saying, I want you to be more sincere. Amen. And so, you know, as the voice will come to him and, and you know, you hear a voice and you point the member and, and the voice will come back again and will say to him, you know, now you can lose that member. 
And he will speak and he will lose that member. And, and you know, as the members start to untangle themselves, you know, it will say, you are you point the member again. And, and as you point the member again, the voice will come because Brother Brandon will say, now what do you have me do? And the, and the voice will come again and say, now you must be more sincere than what you are to do, to do this. He said, now you must be more sincere than what you are to do this. So we're saying for you to bind the mamba and for you to lose the mamba, you have to be more sincere than what you are now. Amen. To do this, you must be more sincere. And I want you to bear in mind, he's saying that this serpent is representing sin. And the same power that was given to Brother Brown to bind that serpent, we believe that it's been given to the bride. Amen. And so the same power he had is with us also today. Amen. And we have every right and authority and power to point any sin that is in our life. Amen. Anything that is holding, that is holding us back, we have a power to lose ourselves from it and go free. Amen. It is lying in you. It is lying in me. Amen. Brother Branham will come out of that vision and, and he'll be like, well, what is all this about? And, and he'll say, Lord, I, I need you to, to, I need to understand. I was in the morning and the kids were about to go to school. And, and he'll say, Lord, I really need you. And he said, I, I know I don't want to just open the Bible and just read from it. But, but if there's any way you could encourage me, I just want to understand. And, and in that moment, Brother Branham had a plan that he was going to go off. And he was going to go to the, to the woods and he was going to fast for some couple of days to seek the face of the Lord. So he was asking, Lord, what does this mean? what would you have me do with it and so he opens his bible and he opens to first corinthians 4 verse 8 and the scripture said therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth amen let's keep the feast with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Amen. I believe everyone in here wants to be more sincere. All you do. We all want to be more sincere. We don't want to just to be, you know, just a believer here and, you know, do this and the other, but we want to be more sincere. The Branham was speaking the message pride and I talk about the story of, of Mary of Bethany. Brother Branham will start off and he'll talk about the first thing he'll start to talk about. And I'm just going to be breaking it down one by one. I'm just going to take one by one and of the different people. I may not touch on all the characters, but just a few of them and, and then we'll close. Amen. But the first thing Brother Brown will talk about in the message pride is about the Pharisee. Brother Brown will say, it's plain to say, what is a Pharisee? Brother Brown will say, a Pharisee is an actor. Amen. Say, so a Pharisee is an actor. It's one that acts. Amen. But I believe that none of us want to be actors. Amen. Brother Branham in Pride, Campusville, Kentucky, 1955, he says, The American people, through television and through picture shows, they have seen so much of, of the put on till they become put on themselves. He says, too bad. But then he goes on to say, 
And we get it in the church. Actors. That mm, God don't want them. Far be it from us to be actors. Is that be yourself. God wants you to be that way. Is that I despise seeing someone trying to do something that they cannot do. Amen. God despises actors. You see, the Pharisee was acting. He was acting as if he loved Jesus. He was acting as if he knew Jesus, and Jesus, Jesus was his good friend, and he, he was, you know, holding this banquet or this, this feast, and he really wanted Jesus at this feast. And he was really acting it out. He said, you know, send the man out, you know, I want Jesus. But deep within his heart, he didn't want him. Or at least if he wanted him, it wasn't for the good purpose. But it was to have him to be just, you know, the laughing stock of the feast and just to be mocked and just to sit there and just look on him and, and all that. That's what it really was in the back part of his mind. He didn't really want him. He didn't really want him there. And, you know, we've had many a times and say, you know, it's time to stop playing church. We've had many times the time to stop playing church. And, and I do believe truly it is time to stop playing church. Amen. It is time to stop playing church. Friends, we don't have to say it. We've had, we can see it. We are at the end. We could be the ones that are going to take a rapture. It is very much possible. Amen. And this is not the time to play church. Amen. This is not the time to play church. This is not the time for us to be actors. To be acting as if we love the Lord, but, you know, really, we don't have any relationship with God. But we acting like we love Him. But there's no relationship. No relationship. All we are is a Sunday Christian, Wednesday Christian, Sunday morning, Sunday evening Christian. The word ends where the preacher says amen. The tape ends where the preacher quotes the last quote. Amen. That's where it ends. And then we'll come and revive it on Wednesday night. And then we'll revive it Sunday morning. And we get another bonus Sunday evening. And then we, we try to you know, rest on that till Wednesday. And we act in it, and we act in like, you know, but I love the Lord. Amen. We act like we love the Lord Jesus Christ, but we love one brother more than we love the other brother. But we say we love Jesus Christ and we believe this message. Amen. You know, we can get along with that brother really good, but dear brother, you know, I don't really want to talk to him. Or that sister, I don't really want to talk to her, or, or this or the other. But we love the Lord. We love the message. What are we doing? We acting. We acting. We just being a Pharisee, we acting. 
We acting like, you know, truly we've, we've met with the Lord, we've had an experience with God, but deep within us we know that we don't have it. But we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't do anything about that. Because we're in church, in the atmosphere, we're hanging around with good people. So it's great. But we acting. Amen. We acting. We thought in that service, we, we really, the Lord really moved and he touched us. But truly we know that the change hasn't happened yet. Was the, the Lord there? Yes, he was. But the experience went as far as to our flesh or to our spirit. We cried. We shouted. But we know it's not there. But we're not doing anything about it. And we're just acting like it's okay. Because we cry because that happened. And, and you can cry too and, and, and really have an experience. Don't, don't get me wrong. But we're acting. Amen. Sometimes we sit right beside this message, we sit in this message, we sit, we sit right at, at this fountain of life and we watch other people come and, and drink from the fountain and we see them go and more people come and drink from the fountain and they'll go and here we are standing at the fountain. But because we took a first drink and now we feel like we're okay, but here at the, the same person, he came to take a drink, he went, he came back, took another drink, but we just standing there at the fainting, and we are relying on the first drink we took. And someone comes and says, hey, brother, man, hey, you know, why don't you take another drink? I say, oh, no, I am good, I am okay, you know, I've already had a drink of it. But we're thirsty, and we're hungering for the Lord. And we're standing right by the fountain, but we're not drinking. We've got a fainting of the word, we've got a fainting of the message, and we're standing right there next to it, but we're not drinking. And someone will come in and they'll drink, and they'll go out and they'll come back and drink, and they'll go out. We're right there, and we're not drinking. You know what does it sometimes? It is pride. It is pride. Because I have been there so long, I, I, I have had it so many times, it is pride. Amen. So this Pharisee, you know, he, he really wanted Jesus to come, but in reality, he was just acting today. And so the Pharisee sent out the courier to go and fetch out Jesus. And this courier is a faithful boy and you know, it's a boy that, you know, really obeys what his master says. And so he takes it to heart that I need to go find Jesus. And he starts on his way, a day's journey, two days journey, three days journey, and he's going. He's looking for Jesus. I need to find Jesus because my master said, I need to find Jesus. And he's going and going and finally he sees a crowd somewhere. And he's pretty much a little bit startled or kind of shocked as he sees this crowd because he's had so much about it as Jesus. But when he looks at the crowd around Jesus, he's like, but these, is that the crowd that hangs around Jesus? I mean, look at the addressing, look at the hair, 
these are the crowds that are hanging around Jesus. And he's looking and he said, but, but, but where is even Jesus among these people? Why? Because Jesus was just like them. The only thing that he could use to identify him was because he was the one teaching the word. Other than that, he wouldn't really have figured out which one was Jesus. And he's looking at this crowd and he's like, well, I guess that's the crowd of Jesus. And so, well, he gets to one of the disciples and says, well, you know, I got a message for Jesus, so I need, can you please let me see Jesus? And, and they say, well, surely, man, he's pretty busy, but, um, well, if you've got a message, well, we'll try to find a way for you to get to Jesus. And, and so these disciples leads this, this courier all the way face to face with Jesus. And here's this courier sitting face to face with Jesus. And he delivers his message. He turns his back, says thank you to the disciples, and walk away. You see, he has taken a long journey. He had taken a long trip, two or three days journey, to come to see Jesus. Amen. Because he had had his master call, and he had come to see Jesus. He was on his way. He had to get to Jesus. He realized, I need to get to Jesus because that's what the master said. He realized, yeah, we need to go there. Or we need to meet with him. And he took the journey and he got there. And when he got there, you know what happened? Here was all this crowd of people. And each and every one of them would have loved to have just five minutes face to face with Jesus. They would have loved to have it. But here is this courier. Not, they don't even know him. And he comes. And these disciples, they take him and bring him right in the presence of Jesus. They take him past all the crowd that have been there for hours and have followed Jesus for months. And, and they would love to have an interview with Jesus. They would love to talk with Jesus. But now here is this man comes in and they bring him right in the presence of Jesus. And as he gets in the presence of Jesus, what does he do? He didn't want to identify himself with him. He didn't want to identify himself with Jesus. But he had come all the way in his presence. Other people would have loved to come to that place. Other people would have loved to break through. Other people would have loved for the Lord to bring them to that place. And the Lord will bring you right in his presence, right at his feet, right there. Letting you pass all the crowd. Letting you pass those that have been in the message for years. And he'll bring you young person right at his feet. But now we don't want to identify with it. We don't want to identify with it. And he walks away. And I don't believe that Jesus was pleased with that. I don't believe that he was pleased with that. And the reason why he walked away was because he was tied to the Pharisees' house. He was tied to that house. He was tied to that place and even though he had come all the way to see Jesus, but he was still tied to that. And all what he had was in mind was, was I, had, I have to fulfill my commission. He was tied with his old nature. He was tied with that. He just couldn't live it. He, he saw the crowd and yes, okay, it was nice to see Jesus. It was nice to meet with him, but he was still tied with the old hands. 
And all he wanted was just to carry his commission. All I have to do is just to meet with Jesus. All I have to do is just to believe this message. All I have to do is just make sure that one day I listen to tape one day. And all I have to do is make sure that I'm in church in every service. And, and all I have to do is that one day I marry a believing sister or I marry a believing brother. That is all I have to do. That's all my commission. That's all. If I can only get there. And I think that's all abated. I'm satisfied. Because I've been in a believer's church and I am in there and, and this and that. All I have to do is to be born in a believer's home and I was born in one of us where I'm good. That was the courier. And he just walked away. That was good enough for him. He had met Jesus but never got to know Jesus. Amen. Nothing else matters to him. And so he brings his request and, and Jesus takes it and Jesus says, well, okay, I will go. I will go to this feast. And then there's another group of people. This is the disciples. Now these disciples, they've walked with Jesus since, since you know, Jesus called them, since Jesus started his ministry. And they've been walking with Jesus all along and and now here's, here's a request, or here's, here's an invitation brought to Jesus. And now these disciples start to say, oh, no, Jesus, you can't go. You can't go to these people. You can't go to the Pharisees. He hates you. He doesn't want you in his house. You can't go. Just leave him alone. Despise him. Leave him alone. Don't even go to him. Here are the disciples, these very people that some of them actually didn't believe on the Lord until they came in his presence. When they met with him, that was when they actually started to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the one thing that we're failing to understand that Jesus came to save and everyone was going to have a chance to. But now here are the disciples, the people that have been walking with Jesus all these years. And here is an invitation and they say, no, don't go. These disciples say, no, don't go. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we become like the disciples. That person has gone too far. Just let him alone. Why is that brother talking to the other brother? You know, he's not coming to church anymore. I heard he's going to the other church. That's the disciples. They've walked with Jesus all these years. And they should have understood his purpose and say, you know, wherever the master wants to go, we, we're going to go with him. Amen. If the master wants to go to these, this sinner man, you know, we know he's backslidden, we know he's, but if God is going to him, well, we're going with him. Amen. Amen. No matter how much deep he's fallen, if God has granted him grace, well, I'm going with the Lord. I'm not going to complain and say, Jesus, don't go. Leave him alone. Don't, don't fellowship with that sister. Or don't fellowship with that brother. You know what they did. Amen. That was the other group, the disciples. They didn't want God to extend grace to anyone else because they had received grace. But God is here to save. Amen. It doesn't matter how deep you stopped and saying God is, is willing to bring you back up. 
And if God brings someone back up, no matter what they've done in the world, and they have five, ten children with seven different other people, if God had extended them grace, we're going with God. Amen. We know to despise one another because he did that or because he did that. They had walked with Jesus long enough to, to really know that we need to follow the master. And we've walked with this message long enough to know we, we need to follow the master. No matter what he does, no matter who he reaches out to, we need to follow. Amen. And so Jesus takes his journey and he gets to the Pharisee's house. And here Simon the Pharisee. Somehow Jesus walks past the football flunky and, and he goes all the way and he sits down. And, you know, Simon invited him, but Simon didn't entertain him. Here is the other crowd. Simon. He invited him. He wanted him so bad, but he didn't entertain him. He just let him sit there and just, you know, whatever. Unwelcome, unkissed. Just sitting there. Sometimes we, we, we desire the Lord and we want him to come. We want him in our hearts. We, we, we want him to take everything that is in us. We will let him in and we'll leave him in the hallway. We just let him sit in the hallway. Just stay in the hallway. At least I've let you in. Some of us will be kind enough and we'll give him a seat in the living room. And you'll sit right there in the living room and, you know, just make yourself comfortable here in the living room. Some of us will be a little more kind and be like, yeah, you can sit in the living room, but you can also serve yourself, you know, in the kitchen. I'm not really going to serve you. You just go to the kitchen, take whatever you want, and, and just, yeah, make yourself comfortable while I do my intent. Amen. And we've invited him. We've invited him. We wanted him so bad, and he's come. But, you know, I have to do my intent. We don't want him in the bedroom. We don't want him in the bedroom at night when we, we, we with our phone or with our iPad or whatever we with. At that time, he's not invited. He's allowed to stay only in the living room. Not in the bedroom at night time when I turn my lights off. He's not welcome there. Amen. He's not welcome in my closet. He's not welcome in my closet. I've got some clothes in there. I've got some futons in there. He's not welcome in there. Amen. He's not welcome in my closet. And he's not welcome in another room. He's not welcome in the room of my hurt. I have been hurt so bad. He can't come in that room. He can't come in the room of my hurt. In the room of my pain. He's not allowed to come in that room. Because I know if he comes in that room, he's going to tell me to forgive that brother. He's going to tell me to forgive that sister. And I know he's going to help me to do it. But pride. But pride. 
because of pride. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. So I'm not going to lay him in that room. But I've invited him. I want to see God move. I want to see God move. I want to see young people filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I, I desire it. I am with the preacher when he's preaching. I am there with him. Amen to that word. But he's not allowed in that room. Amen. He can stay in the living room. It's okay. But don't let him come in to my room. Just because of pride. And I don't believe that Jesus was pleased with Simon. I don't believe he was pleased with him. But there was someone else in the picture. Someone else in the picture. There's a Mary of Bethany. You see, Mary of Bethany didn't have much to put on. Mary of Bethany didn't really, couldn't really act out. He couldn't be an actor. She was what she was. Everybody knew Mary of Bethany. She's the harlot. Yeah. We know Mary of Bethany. Everybody knew her. She didn't have anything to hide. She wasn't acting in it tonight. She was just acting out who she was. But Brennan would say probably wasn't that what she wanted to do. But it must have been someone that maybe broke her heart or something like that or a home that she was raised in, or that wasn't really her desire. That wasn't what really what she wanted to do. She was bound and sent. There was something that was holding her that she couldn't go further than where she was. Mary didn't have much to boast about, and she was just what she was. She was trapped into what she was. You know, friends, there are certain sins, a certain thing in our lives that have been there for years and years and years. And we didn't ask for it. There's bitterness that has been, you know, through the lineage of family. There's been, there's been tempers. There's been different things. And, and we didn't ask for it. But they just came and we've got them. Mary wasn't born, wasn't a young sister, you know, like a young sister's here. And her dream was to be a harlot. That wasn't Mary's dream. Our dream is not to have temper. Our dream is not to have bitterness. That's not what we want to be. But there's something in there we know that is hindering our walk with the Lord. And Mary knew, if I don't go past this, I'm getting nowhere. Amen. She knew I'm getting nowhere if we don't go past this. And there are certain things in our life we didn't want them. They're there. We, 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 they're there. But God is greater than that. Amen. God is greater than that. And I can testify over the God is greater than that. You won't believe it. You may look at me today and say, well, Max, you, you know, you're a very calm person. If there was one person who had a temper, it was me. I had a terrible temper. When I got a temper, mom got scared. My sister got scared. When my temper rose up. 
terrible temper. A temper that lead me to say things that I regret of them today. But God, if I am what I am today, it was him. He's made me more calm and more quiet than anything else. And sometimes I wish I could speak a lot even more. But he didn't just take it away, he killed it. You can step on my toe, you can kick me around, you can do what I want, it's just I can't find the temper anymore. Who did it? It is possible. I can testify over. You know, that day Mary, she had heard about Jesus. And, but Mary actually never had a chance to have a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus. Mary had heard about a woman that was in the same type of situation and was brought before Jesus to be judged and, and she was set free. Mary had these testimonies. And, and you know, Mary was just in a town and Mary wasn't really really looking to go on out like the courier to look for Jesus. Mary was just in her town. She was just living what she was. But you know what happened? Jesus came to her town. Jesus came to her town. You know, Mary, Mary wasn't expecting to meet Jesus that day. But you know, Jesus was expecting to be married that day. Mary wasn't expecting that today in one moment, in just one moment today, my life is going to turn around. She wasn't expecting it. But Jesus had an appointment with Mary. Jesus had the remedy for Mary. That day. And here's Mary walking around, and she couldn't be one that could judge people. Everyone judged her because of what she was. She was convinced that that's what she's going to be for the rest of her life. She didn't really believe that Jesus really was mindful of her. She thought Jesus was out there for the other people, but she didn't think she had a chance that anything could ever happen to her. But Jesus knew her name. Jesus knew her hometown, and Jesus knew her address. And he traveled all the way because of Mary. Amen. And you know, Mary had walked that street of, you know, Simon the Pharisee many a times. Simon the Pharisee have had many parties and many banquets and, and Mary have walked by many times and she's seen the same faces and, and she's seen the same people and, you know, she's walked those streets, you know that street. And here was another day that, oh, here goes Simon, he's holding another party. And Mary said, well, you know what, I'm just going to walk down the street once again and see what's going on. 
Brother Branham said the people will come and they'll stand, you know, and they'll stretch their necks over the fence to see, you know, the great Pharisee that was sitting there, and you're the great Pharisee sitting there, and, and you're the great one sitting there, and, and they'll come and they'll be stretching themselves looking at that. And Mary thought, well, you know what? There's no one in town, so I might as well just go by the Pharisee's house. And she went and boy the Pharisees out and here she is walking down and, and she noticed while well, everyone is well dressed and oh, everyone has got your feet clean and everyone is looking good and, and then she looked and here is a man and, that is sitting there and have, his feet is dirty. Here's a man that is sitting there that is not entertained and, and he's sitting there by himself and Mary turns and says, well, who was that man sitting there? Why is, why is he not, why is his feet dirty and what happened? Why is he like that? And I said, oh, Mary, don't you know that is Jesus of Nazareth? She said, but wait a minute. Do you mean that Jesus of Nazareth that set that woman free? Do you mean that Jesus of Nazareth that the rose Nazareth from the dead? Did you mean that Jesus of Nazareth? Is he, is he the one sitting there? Do you mean that Jesus of Nazareth that set me free from my temper? Do you mean that Jesus of Nazareth has set me free from pornography? Do you mean that Jesus is the one sitting there? Do you believe he is the one? I said, yes, that's Jesus of Nazareth. That's Jesus of Nazareth? Yes, that's Jesus of Nazareth. I said, but look. He's not entertained. He's got dirty feet. Looks like everyone is ignoring him. The people are walking by and they're not regarding him. They're not talking to him. Jesus of Nazareth is sitting here and the people are living the message. Jesus of Nazareth is sitting here and they're turning against everything that Brother Branham said. Is that the Jesus of Nazareth? Is that the message of the hour? The message of the hour to cast out demons? Is that the message of the hour that cancer couldn't stand before it? That was the questions that Mary was asking. And they said, yes, that's the one. Is that the message of the hour that can set me free? She said, yes, that's the one, Mary. Said, well, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna bring what Jesus needs. Because Jesus has a need. Brother Moses speak on that some time ago. Jesus has a need. And I have a need. And only Jesus can meet my need. And I have what can meet Jesus' need. Amen. Jesus had a need to be washed. I have what can meet his need. And I know he has what can meet my need. But what do I have to do first? Let me go get what I have that will meet his need. And so she goes home to get what she's got to meet Jesus' need. And you heard it this morning. The God brings total deliverance. You see, when Mary was going, Mary wasn't going to bring some little piece of uh, just a little bit of the money that she had saved. Mary was going to bring it all. 
Mary was going on to take everything she got to bring into Jesus because Jesus had a need. And you know, when even Mary was going, Mary really didn't have an expectation that she was going to be set free. She just only saw that Jesus has a need and I want to meet that need. But in the, in, the, in, the, in the process of going to meet that need, her need was going to be met. And so she goes and she gets the alabaster box and, and here she runs back and, and she's going to meet Jesus' need. She's going to meet Jesus' need. Mary wasn't here. There was sin in her life that needed to be banned. There was sin in her life that she needed to be loosed from. But there was something that had the power to bind that sin. There was something that had the power to set her loose. Amen. But she had to bring the best that she had to that place. She had to be sincere. You see, the best that she had wasn't so much the money that she picked out of her, under, under her bed. But the best that she had was her sincerity. That was the best that she had. It was her sincerity. And that was what was going to bind the mamba that was in her. That was what was going to lose her from the chains that she was in. It was her sincerity to meet Jesus' need. That was what was going to set her free. Her sincerity. Mary was sincere. She must have been a sincere lady in her life, but in that moment she got even more sincere. Because Jesus had a need. So she got even more sincere because the mamba needed to be paid. She needed to go free. Tell young people, if you can be sincere tonight, you can go free like Mary. The mamba can be paid. The authority and the power has been put in on the church and the mamba can be paid. Brother Brenham says in Pride, 1955, he said, The ten it was, was not that she was going to get there. Was she, was she, was, let me read that again. The ten it was, was not how she was going to get there. Was she going to make the effort to get there? Was she going to make the effort to get there? Was she going to be sincere to get there? Are we going to be sincere this evening to get there? Amen. Brother Brown continues that I can see her elbow on her way through the crowd. No matter what said or who said, she was on a road to meet Jesus. Do you do that? He said, Will you elbow your way through the differences in the world today? Could you elbow your way over the vulgarity, over the picture shows and the dancing and the carrying on that you do, calling yourself a Christian to get to Jesus? And we may not have the vulgarity, but can you elbow your way this evening? Elbow your way this evening through the besetting sin that you've had all these years. Can you elbow your way through the crowd? 
Brother Brown continues to say, he said, could you lay down aside all your worldly social entertainment to come to the Lord Jesus to be entertained by him? He said, God have mercy. He said, she elbowed her way. She elbowed right on through. She was going to get there regardless of how vile she was. Regardless of how she felt, regardless of what she had done, she was going to get there. He said, oh, I know it was out of order. Oh, sure. He said, God help us to get out of order once in a while. God help us to get out of order once in a while. We get so tired and so bam with own ideas and different things. We do have an order in the church. But if God gets him, get out of order once in a while. Are you desperate for him? Do you really want to change? Get out of order once in a while. Is that the trouble of it is you got too much order? Is that get out of order? Is that I hope the church can get out of order long enough to get saved? We get out of order traditional ways and, and all the ways that we have when we Canadians and we start to get out of order. Get out of order to get saved. If that is what it takes, get out of order to get the Holy Ghost. If that's what it takes, Mary didn't care. No matter what it takes, if I'm out of order, I don't care. I am a woman, I'm not allowed to go into these places, I don't care. I have seen Jesus, I have seen the remedy. I wonder tonight if there's some Mary Bethany here. I wonder if there's some Mary Bethany here this evening. There's one of the elbowed your way this evening. Elbowed your way through the pride that they've had all these years. and Elbowed your way through the reputation that they've held all these years. And not to be like the courier that goes all the way down and, and meet with Jesus and just say, well, I met with Jesus and that's good. And, and I've been in the message and that's good. But I wonder if someone that is willing to elbow your way to see you. Elbow your way to go to the final of life this evening. They're not just going to sit there and watch people come and drink and go and drink and go. People heal and go. People deliver and go. And we still sit in there. And it is the same fountain. I wonder if someone will elbow your way, friends. And say, Lord, you know what? Oh, you've had an experience and it's great. But Lord, I don't want an experience that stays on the realm of my flesh. Oh, you've had that before and it felt good, God. But I don't want that only. Lord, I don't want an experience that go all the way down to my spirit and it stays there. Oh, you've had that. It's a good feeling, Lord. But I don't want that. I want an experience that goes all the way down into my soul. That will quicken the seed that is on the inside of me. That is what I want. Amen. 
That is what I want. Because when that seed is quickened, sin has to flee. When that seed is quickened, depression has to flee. Loss has to flee. Temper has to flee. When the seed is quickened. When the seed is quickened, it produces righteousness. When the seed is quickened, it produces a hunger and a thirsting for the word of God. Oh, we want that seed to be quickened. I'm not asking for an experience of my flesh this evening. I'm not asking one that has gone down in my spirit. I want that soul. Lord, if I am a predestinated seed and you put a seed in there, I don't want it to lay that dormant. The end is near. What have I done for the Lord? It's time to let that seed be quickened and produce what it said it will produce. God is waiting to prove his word. He's waiting to prove his word. He's looking for someone that will take him at his word. And he'll prove to him that oh, I am the same yesterday. Oh, I am the same today. Oh, I am the same forever. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, friends. It's time to break out of the cycle, church. You know, friends, we don't want to compare ourselves to other people. We don't want to be doing that. But the said we don't want to be actors. Amen. We don't want to be actors comparing ourselves and, you know, the church is doing that, church is, is doing that, and they have on that kind of thing. So we want to have the same kind of thing. No, we don't want to do that. But we want the God that wants to be the God in this church, to be the God in this church. Amen. We don't want to handle him whichever way he wants to be God in the church. That's what we want. Amen. If he's going to be a God that will get us out of water once in a while, let him be that God. Amen. That's the God that we're looking for. That's the God that we want. It is time to break out of the cycle. Amen. We've been going around a circle, or you've been going around a circle in your own life, and, and you just go around and you hit an experience, and, and you still go back to the same them, and you hit an experience, and you go back to the same them. Why is that? Why do we have to live that way? I was saying that God is not powerful enough. I was saying that the blood is not powerful enough. I was saying that His message hasn't got the power to bring a total deliverance to someone. God wants to prove His word. But he's looking for someone that will stand on him with faith that he can prove his word through them. Do you know why he put a temper on me? So that he can prove that he's a God that can take away temper. Do you know why you've got that lost spirit on you? It's because he wants to prove to you that he's a God that can deliver. He's here to prove his word this evening. Amen. But he needs a Mary of Bethany. He needs a Mary that is sincere. The mamba can be bound. We've been given the power that you can bind that mamba. 
But the problem said, I remember when Jesus saved me. Is that oh my, I never forget it. Is that this whole Kentucky heart of mine was jumping 90 miles an hour? Is that I wept, I cried, I shouted. I don't care who was standing around. I wasn't paying attention to others. I was in the presence of Jesus. Is that I loved him. Oh, friends. Oh, if we can only come to that presence this evening. Amen. Only coming to that presence this evening. Oh, hallelujah. Prepare him, continue and say, if she wasn't noticing how much order she was in or how much she was out of, the main thing was get to Jesus. He said, there he sat with dirty feet. He sat without being kissed and, and he, want, he wasn't welcome. And she wanted to make him welcome. Is that she didn't care about um, the old pharisaical orders um, about the old tradition and nominations? She was pressing her way through to get to Jesus. Is that God help us to have a revival like that where men and women will elbow your way through the crowds and the denomination and the barriers till they get in the presence of Jesus? Oh, friends. God wants us in the presence of him. Amen. And that is where liberty comes. That is where refilling comes. Amen. That is where, you know, freedom comes. Amen. It is in that presence. And that is where God wants us. Amen. The bride is going to have a revival. Yes, the bride is going to have a revival. Friends, the revival is not about how many people we add to the church. That is not the revival. The revival is a cleaning out, amen. The revival is a purging, amen. Friends, we believe that the church needs a purging, amen. Friends, we believe that God is wanting to move in a greater way. But it's him. I need you. We need a revival in here. We need a purging out in here. We need a cleansing out in here. We need a pushing away in here. Amen. You want to see the turf pull? Let's start with cleaning up. You want to see the supernatural? Let's start with cleaning up. Amen. It needs a purging. Amen. A cleansing out. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's time to push things away. And knowing that you've got a power to bind that member, amen. God needs a Mary of Bethany this evening. He needs a Mary of Bethany this evening to say, who is willing, amen. Who is going to come and bring me what I need because I've got what they need. He has what you need. Whatever you're going through, he has what you need. Whatever you need to be set free from, he has what you need. But it's waiting for someone that will come with sincerity. We'll come with a sincere heart. You want to revoke, you want to see God more? Let us get more sincere. He's not saying we haven't been sincere. We have been sincere, but let's get more sincere. Let us not be acting, amen. Let us not be a Pharisee in here. In the something to be dealt with, let's deal with it, amen. It's time to purge the church, amen. We set loose and we set free. Amen. The musicians come up. Brother Branham will speak again. He said, getting in the spirit of Chicago. 1961. 
is that prophet said, get down there and dig all them logs, eh? Get down there and dig all them logs, eh? There is more water. But the would say, let me continue with the quote. He said, well, I tell you then, prophet, should we go back and have another mighty rushing wind? But Abraham said, nope. Should we start another lot of rain? Nope, nope. Just clean out the channel. That's all you have to do. Just clean out the channels. He said, we got the people. Just clean out the channel. He said, the people's all right. Get the channels clean now so the Holy Spirit can come in. All your fanaticism and isms and everything else that's in the church, clean the tent out. He said, the rocks is already smitten. The waters are fresh. Running but our ecclesiastical system had dammed up the stream. Our ways have dumbed up the stream. And God is trying to push him. He's trying to press himself into, into his people. But our ways have dumbed the stream. The people are here. The message is here. Jesus is here. So what is hindering him from moving? Let's get the channels clean now. And you are not going to do the cleaning. He wasn't married delivering herself. It was Jesus doing the work. But he needed someone that was sincere. Someone that was going to be honest. And say it doesn't matter who I am. I want him. He said clean those things out. He said, well, you won't have to have another Russian wind. You won't hear neither, you, you, you won't, you won't hear neither wind or see any rain. But yet there'll be water there. Oh brother, not a new system, not a new system we need. What we need is clean out the system we got. Clean out the system we got. Hallelujah. Not make another assemblies of God or another oneness, but just clean out the oneness and assemblies we got. Get all the logs out of it. All the differences and the fussing and the stealing and the things like and the things like that away from them. The waters will go to flowing back again. There'll be love, joy, joy like a river, just flowing over everybody, just in love with one another. Is that we are not devoided, all one body, we one hope, one hope and one hope and doctrine, one in charity. That's it. See, is that that's the way we must do it? Is that that's the idea? That's the vision of today. That's what is that? That was the that was the that was the prophet's vision. Amen. That was the prophet's vision. That the church will be clean. That God can move. Amen. He's looking for Mary of Bethany. Amen. And Mary of Bethany. 
that will come with sincerity. And Mary of Bethany that will say, oh, mine. It doesn't matter where I am, but anoint I want to help on my way. I want to help on my way to get to Jesus. But I'm not going to be like the courier. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to stay there until there is a change. Oh, you've had experience on the flesh and it was good. I've had it in the spirit and it was good. But anoint, let it get down to the soul. If there is a seed in there, I want to see that seed manifest itself. It is manifesting time. Amen. The light of rain has already done fallen. Amen. Every seed is bringing forth of its kind. Amen. The bride also brings forth the fruit of the bride. Amen. The denomination are bringing theirs. Amen. But the word, the bride, the church has to bring their own also. There is a need of a Mary of Bethany. Let us stand on our feet. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Sing the song, Create in Me. Create in me a clean heart, Lord. Renew the right spirit within me. Cast me not away. Amen. That was Mary's bed and his cry. I need something new. Don't cast me away, Jesus. Just let me bring the best that I have. Just accept this little that I have. This best that I have. I'm just going to bring it to you with all sincerity. I'm just going to bring it to you with all sincerity. Just accept that for me, Lord. Amen. Sing that to him. Create in me a Spirit 